0: Hey, this is Big Rev. Thanks for tuning in to Masterclass Theology, a weekly podcast where we study books of the Bible a verse at a time and apply it to our lives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's rock! Well, mes- welcome to Masterclass Theology. I am Big Rev, and we have a special, uh, special, special episode today. And I- I'm here with my dear friend Terry. And Terry and I go way back. Terry, how, how far back do we go? We well, when I
1: went to school, there was no history because not much happened by then.
0: Ah, oh. so I go way back. Wow. <laughs> well, but, but in terms of you and me, I don't know, 15 we, we, years? Yeah, 15 years. At, I, 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 came on, I, I came on staff at, at uh, the, the small Christian church we were a part of, Prospect Christian Church. And I, I, my, one of my earliest memories as a pastor at this church was it was it after the the first service we had you got a hold of me and you said hey let's go for coffee on Thursday yeah yeah and we can definitely say besides the the break that everybody did during COVID where nobody kind of went anywhere right we've been meeting for coffee pretty much every Thursday for 15 years indeed and it's been uh, just a special friendship that we have and I'm so honored to be not only to be serving with you in ministry you were an, an elder toward even to the end of that church and uh we you and also a dear friend so it's an honor today we are in a room that has some fun echo so it, so i hope you're enjoying the content and sometimes the audio is uh, but you know we're here at masterclass theology you know we don't have any special mics or setups we're, we're just kind of an organic thing so it's an honor to be here with you today with my friend terry and terry what are you going to call yourself i'm I call, the edgy I, elder I, you're the edgy elder yeah Nice. I've well, been edgy for many years. All right, but well, you know what? That's 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 great, man. That's I, I like that. So I'm Big Rev. He's the Edgy Elder, and I I asked Terry last week. I said, Terry, I really would like to do this podcast with you. It would be a special blessing, and I'm kind of giving you a free swim. That you could take us anywhere you want in Scripture, and where are you leading us tonight, today, Terry? Well,
1: one of my favorite books of the Bible is Job. Mm. I love that book. I remember once uh, I was riding my bicycle. And uh, I was going really fast, and uh, I took a fall. I cracked seven ribs and punctured a, y- a lung. Wow. And I had to stay in the hospital one night. And then I got home, and I was stuck on the couch. And while I was on the couch, I read the book of Job, which was an appropriate time to read Job.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And you've loved it ever since, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to open us up in a brief word of prayer, and then we will— Well. Well, Sally Forth, God, God, thank you for this, this time that we have. And I'm so honored to sit here around this table in this uh, very echoey room with, with my dear friend Terry and the edgy elder himself. And so it's an honor to be open up your word together. And I just I pray for this conversation. I, I'm so grateful for what Terry is going to lead us in. And I know our listeners here are going to enjoy this as well. And uh, I hope I hope they can't see the smiles on our faces as we talk. This is always a special treat for us to be able to have coffee together. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, my friend. Book of Job.
1: One of the things that uh, I learned reading the book of Job is that uh, whenever an event rolls out and we observe it, it's only a fragment of what is really happening. And that's what happened in Job's life. Hmm. What happened to him was only a fragment of what was really happening because there was a meeting in heaven between uh, Satan and God. How'd that meeting go? Well, God took uh, a picture of Job out of his wallet. Oh, yes. (laughs) And he bragged to Satan about Job. And uh, Satan said, yeah, let me have Adam. Let's see how good he
0: is. It's as if today people wouldn't have the wallet pictures, but they'd bring out their phone. And they'd go to their picture file and yeah. they'd start swiping with their finger and say, Hey, yeah. how about this? Yeah. So God let, uh, let Satan have that Job. Mm. First of all, he
1: had at his stuff. He destroyed his, uh, his property and even his family. Mm. And Job did not curse God, he, he stayed faithful. And Satan said, Well, wait a minute. You, you didn't let me have it at his body. Let me have it at his body. Then we'll see how faithful he is. And so God said, Okay, but don't kill him.
0: Does Satan have free reign, or was it was there some no, kind of limitation there?
1: Satan, no one has free reign. Mm. God is, God is, is driving. Mm. And at any time anybody has, has something to do, it's because God allows it. God allows everything to happen that happens. Mm. And if he doesn't want it to happen, it won't. Gotcha. So at any rate, uh, so he, he had, his, had his body. So he had boils from head to head to foot. He was miserable. Mm-hmm. He had no stuff and no health. And uh, he looked for comfort from his wife, and his wife, uh, being the uh, interesting woman she was, said, "Job, curse God and die." What a lovely phrase! <laughs> yeah. But I could see her point of view. I mean, what? Nothing's getting done, and everything's getting worse. You think yesterday was bad? Wait till tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> so, and d- does he curse God and die? No, <laughs> he does not. He never does. Although he does get indignant, and he, has, he argues with God, mm. but he has some friends. And uh, there were uh, four friends that he had, uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, and Elihu, and they all came to comfort him. We
0: don't meet Elihu to the end, right? But, That's right. So he's yeah. got his three friends there, and, yeah. and, and, and what, what do they do? Do they offer comfort? Are they, are they good friends? At the begin- well, they're good friends. The first
1: couple, two or three days, they said nothing. They just wanted to be there, and that's helpful. You know, when you're go- when yeah. you're up against it, and somebody is there that helps you.
0: Terry, I remember when uh, my my wife and I have have lost children, and when we lost our first child, I remember you were there for me, and you you even you even went with me to a uh, like a, a cemetery, mm-hmm. and we we having the awkward conversation with the cemetery you know owners are like well, what what are their rates what do they charge yeah and they, they were the first cemetery we went to they were in a, an absorbent you know price you know i think i had to buy a grave and then my baby's grave could be by mine or something yeah. and i just remember you know we went to a funeral home and, and you you were there with me you just you you we went out for lunch i mean this was this is a, a all day thing you did and you were just there with me and you didn't You didn't didn't have to offer any counsel. You didn't have to offer anything. You just were there. And it sounds like Job's friends, before they opened their mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah. And nobody (laughs) wants to meet by himself a cemeterian.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, so so, so they didn't say anything, which was a comfort to Job. But then they started to uh, look at Job's situation and define it Mm. and tell him why this was happening to you. Mm. You know, uh, they would say, well, you know, Everything happens for a reason. Right. And uh, it might be that uh, you have been uh, misbehaving, Job, because uh, God doesn't let anything happen for no reason at all, which is true. Anytime, anytime something happens, God allows it to happen for a reason, but they didn't have the reason. They tried to explain it to Job and tell him to straighten up and fly rot because maybe you'll straighten out.
0: And your boils will disappear. But it never did. So their main argument, you would say, is what? The three friends... Because uh, it sounds like... Cause for, for, this is happening to you yeah. because you're not behaving. So you have done something to deserve this. Because God doesn't just send this willy-nilly. That's right. And you you have done something. You've either sinned against someone else or you've sinned against God. There's yeah. a reason for the pain you're going through. Yeah. And there is a reason, but they have no idea. Because... Mm they 're kind of like beating the, the the book of Job is large so and and, and it 's a big conversation, and it seems like they beat that drum repeatedly, absolutely they just keep going back and back yeah. you but it 's all they understand right okay and, and 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 how does job respond to that accusation he's saying you know i 'm not that bad
1: in fact i 'm as good as you mm. and it 's not happening to you, but it 's happening to me, and i don 't understand why. Mm. And we've all gone through times like that.
0: Why is this happening to me? Now I understand why you're reading Job when you uh, were laying on the couch after yes. breaking yes. ribs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it really, it really uh, lifted my spirits and, had, it, and uh, God got my attention through the book of Job. How so? Well, because it was hard for me even to get up. And it's difficult for me to sleep. And I wondered, how am I going to get through this? And... Uh, The scripture diverted my attention from my pain to uh, the problems
0: of Job. Because Job had it a lot worse than me. Mm. Yeah, it says in Job 2, talking about the three friends, they made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and to comfort him. Mm -hmm. When they saw him from a distance, they didn't even recognize him. They raised their voices and wept. They tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their heads. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw his suffering was great. Yeah. And then they opened their mouth.
1: That's right. The very next chapter. They really came at him. And Eliphaz was interesting because uh, everybody else gave their opinion. Mm. But Eliphaz said, you know, a word was brought to me stealthily by a spirit. My ear received it, uh, the whisper of it, amid thoughts from visions of the night. Mm. So Eliphaz uh, not only is given his opinion, but a spirit is telling him yeah. how to straighten out Job. So Job is outnumbered not only by these guys, but by a spirit as well.
0: Wow, that's quite, quite, a, quite a
1: thing there, Eliphaz. <laughs> it's hard to argue that, you know. If I, you know, you hear it on television sometimes, some uh, TV uh, Preachers will say, God told me. Well, how can you argue with that? Because how can we know? Yeah, if, yeah, if God told you, then uh, whatever I say really has, hasn't much meaning at all. We better do what God told you.
0: Yeah, because I wasn't there, was I? It was only <laughs> no. God told you. That's right. And that's a big difference between if you open up the Bible with somebody and say, you know, God told me. God told me this, but he, I was in this chapter of the Bible. So let's turn there and see if, if you understand what I'm saying. That, that's a little bit more concrete. Yeah. There's nothing, uh, to use one of your words you taught me, It's nothing nebulous about that. Yeah, right. That's yeah. just, we can, you can see God's concrete word there. Okay, let's see what's going on here, versus God gave me something extra on the side, and I just, I, wanna, I want you to know this. Yeah, I've got this advantage. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, Eliphaz. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Job is taking
1: some hits from his buddies. Mm. In fact, uh, let, let me see how many times did they, they had, they had Adam uh, several times. Each one, uh, I think three times, and Elihu once. Yeah, Eliphaz three times, Bildad three times, Zophar two times, and Elihu one time. And wow. Job responded each one. But one of the responses I thought was interesting, because Job uh, Kind of makes a prediction or a prophecy unknown, unbeknownst to him. He said, oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. And you know, that's what happened. And that was chapter 19? Uh, chapter 19, yeah. Wow. So he he thought, you know, this this should be in a book so people could understand what I'm going through here. Because certainly you guys don't. (laughs) (laughs) Nice friends they are. Yeah, But that was interesting. You know, I underlined that. Job Job wants to be published. Wow. Did you ever want to be published, Joel? (laughs) Yes. That's a
0: burning desire. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there are some people that that they have to give their opinion on things. And and they give you counsel whether you want that counsel or not. Yeah. I, I... my daughter came home yesterday from school with complaints about you know, the fr- how her, some of her friends were treating her, and my son didn't want to hear it. All he wanted to do was correct her, and all he wanted to do was, well, you should have yeah. done this, yeah. and this is happening because you didn't do this, and, and you know, she, he's 10 and she's six. She's being the elephants.
1: Yeah. So she was in
0: that case, she was being Job lamenting yeah, yeah. and he was trying to correct everything. Well, here's yeah. why everything is happening to you, because, you know, you didn't do this and you should have done that. And I kind of looked at Joshua and I said, well, if the roles were reversed, Joshua, I don't think you'd be happy right now. And she's back there with a sour face. And here you are trying to just give her counsel when she doesn't want it. And that seems to be the friends is beating that drum over yeah, and over.
1: Yeah. And Job make, in chapter nine, he makes another prophecy unbeknownst to him. He's talking about God. And he's saying he's not a man as I am, that I might answer him. Mm. That we could come to trial together. There's no arbiter between us who might lay his hand on both of us. And the fact of the matter is, he's prophesying an arbiter will come. Jesus Christ will be our arbiter. That's to a stand big- between us. Yeah,
0: and God—that's a basic longing, right? Cause yes, it is. I, I, I want to be able to go to God, but how am I to yeah, go to God, if, God right. if God's the one that has put this on me? I guess he's I'll, too tall. Yeah, how? Yeah, <laughs> how am I going to go to God unless I have? So we we see that word in in baseball, where sometimes our players on our teams they go to arbitration. Yeah. And there's a guy in the middle saying, okay, I'm going I'm to understand the team's interests and I'm going to understand your interests, and we'll try to find a solution here. Right. That's what he's asking for. Yeah, I need yeah. someone to put his hand on both of us here. That's right. That's right. All right. And then his faith, he, he's exposing his faith from
1: time to time in the whole book, too. He says this. He said, uh, though he slay me, mm. I will still hope in him. Wow. That's uh, in chapter 13. Though he slay me. And he's he's talking and that's about almost what he, Who's he talking
0: about there? Huh? He's talking about God. God. Yeah. That's a little different from, from later on Naomi, who's looking at God and, and all that happened to her, and Naomi kind of says, Well, I left full, but God brought me back empty. Yeah. Yeah. God Almighty did this to me. Uh-huh. And then I mean she has hope later, but right away she's she's operating from a position of bitterness, but Job seems to be operating from a position of hope. But the positive aspect of both of these positions are this.
1: They're looking to God. Mm. It's all They don't dismiss God altogether. Right. They don't say, well, it just happened. It was Darwin who did this.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be Job's wife. Just, you know, just be done with God. Because yeah, he obviously seems to be sure. done
1: with you. Yeah, curse God and die.
0: And then Job
1: also offers another complaint. Mm. He reminds me of Psalm 73 when he says in the... Uh, Chapter 21, the wicked ignore God and they prosper. Mm. And we see that in our lives, don't we? And that's a complaint
0: that uh, many people have. Why do the wicked prosper? Right? Yeah, some people seem to to treat God like Mo Curley and Larry and like poke poke fingers in God's eyes and they don't (laughs) care. Yeah. And... And and you mentioned Psalm 73, it it almost sounds like, you know, why do the people who intentionally don't care about God, why, why do they seem to be blessed? Yeah. But the people who do care about God, they seem to be getting their tail whipped. And not only do the people who don't care about God are blessed, their families are.
1: And when they die, they have big celebrations and people applaud them. What a wonderful person
0: he was. So would you say in Job that the accusation, this isn't fair? I mean, would, would fairness be something that... Oh, you would, absolutely. How would you play with that? This isn't fair, Job. Well, God God does uh, respond to that. Uh, oh, he, I, I, I don't want to give a spoiler. Okay. Uh, yeah. So God has that at the end. Okay. Yeah, he does respond.
1: So ans- Job's
0: complaining. Pardon yeah, me. Yeah, Job is complaining. It's not fair. Mm. And God
1: is, in effect, saying, who are you? Mm. It's like uh, when um, uh, people are complaining uh, to Paul about... Uh, God choosing some and not others. God says, does the clay have an opportunity to complain against the potter? Right. Why did you make me thus? Because you're God. That's what God answers. Because I'm God and you're not. And God's saying this, where were you when I when I set everything up? In fact, uh, he talked about how God created everything. He said, Job, were you there to, to help me out, mm. to, to measure the... heavens and uh, were you there when i set the seas in place and this was interesting to me because in one verse he says when i set the seas in place and the waves spattered on the shore this far and no farther no farther and god's in effect saying i even have control over the waves whenever you go to a a lake or the ocean and you see the waves beating on the shore Mm. and they stop at a certain point you know why they stop there why, Terry? Because God appointed them to stop there. Wow. Exactly there and no farther. Wow. And that's a wonderful thing about God. That's one of the things I appreciate about God most. mostly. He's in the big
0: things and the little things. So as Job plays out, it's, it's what? 30-some-odd chapters of Job having this conversation with his three friends. Yeah. And all three of his friends, like we say, they're like a Johnny One Note. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. Right, right. And then... Then this, this cat, Elihu, comes on the scene, and what, what does he offer to the conversation? He seems to be a young guy. Yeah, something is pretty much the
1: same stuff, but he, do, he does get a chance to scold Job a bit, but not as, as bad as
0: uh, the other three. And then God answers. So that's the beauty of Job, is that you've got, for, for, for 37 chapters, basically Job is saying, let me at him. Just give me a chance to talk to God. Yeah. You know, and he had another great moment. I forget where, where, exactly where it's at. But he, he talked about the hope he's got with this Redeemer. And my Redeemer lives. Yeah, my, he says this, this is his hope. My Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand
1: upon the earth after my skin has been destroyed. Wow. Yet in my flesh
0: I shall see God. That's quite a, quite a that, that defines his hope. Yeah, he still has hope. So for 37 chapters, yeah. Job is essentially saying, I, I, if I can just plead my case to God, let me have at him for a second. Let me, let me be able to tell my case. I, I, I just wish I had a chance. And then the, the heading for chapter 38 literally says, the Lord answers Job. I know. So how does God answer Job? Does, 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 God, does God deal with Job's complaints directly or does God have his own agenda?
1: in effect what he says in in, in one statement. He says, Job,
0: who do you think you are? Mm. I'm God and you're not. That's the basis of theology right there. Absolutely. I would call that steps one and two. Anyone could be a theologian. Step one, God exists. Step two, I am not God. That's right. And now you can proceed. That's right, yeah. And we see that everything else is
1: expository.
0: Right, yeah, so right, right now it's like Job's wanting comfort and God makes a muscle and starts flexing yeah. to remind Job of steps one and two. I'm God and you're not.
1: And it's, these are wonderful chapters, by the way. And Job is listening, looking for an answer, looking for relief. And this is how God spells relief. Mm. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, mm. out of the whirlwind. God, I looked up whirlwind.
0: And this is 38 verse
1: one. Yeah. Whirlwind is like a dust devil, a tornado, a waterspout. Wow. It's violent action with destructive force. Uh, Hosea says, They spurned the Lord, a craftsman made the calf of Samaria, and they reaped the whirlwind. Wow. And Nahum says, God's way versus his adversaries is in the whirlwind. And Isaiah 66 said, God's anger is in a whirlwind. So whirlwind is not a good thing, especially if God is running it. But here he is. Yeah. So, so God is talking about himself versus jo- Job and says, Who is this that the darkens counsel for words without knowledge? Time for action, like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the frame, foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding who determined its measurements surely you know hmm. or who stretched the line upon it or what were its base on what were its bases sunk and who laid its cornerstone and then he talks about this who shut up the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb when i made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling hand i didn't know the sea had a womb
0: but evidently yeah 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 wow
1: and who prescribed limits for it and set them bars and doors and said, thus far you come and no farther. Those are the waves. The waves only come so far and that's all.
0: God set the limits for them. So for 37 chapters, Job wants to question God. Yeah. And God essentially says, no, 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 I'm going to question you. That's right. And so for until through chapters 41
1: until 42, just before 42, God scolds Job. He says, uh, "'Who then can stand before me? "'Who has first given to me that I should repay him? "'Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine.'" Hmm. So, and then Job listens to all this, and it stuns him. He's stunned. In 42, it said, "'Job answered and said to the Lord, "'I know you can do all things.'" that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Wow. So the closer he comes to God... The less he feels sorry for himself, and the more he despises himself, because God is so mighty and so ho- holy, and Go- Job is
0: quite the opposite. So, did Job's friends have a point? Where he, he, Job, had obviously sinned, and that's why he's struggling. So here he is; he comes before God. God has at him. Yeah. He says, "I want to have at God." No, instead, God's had has, has at him. Yes, he does. And his very next move, Job's next move, is to repent. Yes. So. In the presence of God, he and he re- does that spontaneously. Right, he has nothing else to say.
1: He can't complain anymore because God has exposed himself to Job, and Job
0: says, "Who do I think I am?" It's almost like in, in, in that boat. I forget which gospel passage, but 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 Peter has this moment where he just tells Jesus, "Just get away from me because I'm sinful." Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I can't. The more we get close to, to God, it, the more we realize that we're not God. Absolutely, and that we don't deserve. So so why is it that Job, who spends the entire book wanting to confront God, why is it that he's now repenting? Like, what's, what's going on? And just according to what we learned from the text, what, he, what, why is Job repenting here? He
1: sees God for whom he is mm. compared to who he is. And that's all he needs. That's all. That's it. That's perfect theology for a human being. He really realizes his we approach. See God who we are and who he is and... Only, there's only one place for us to go, and that
0: is to repent. He did not have a legitimate gripe with God anymore. It's like he didn't no, have his no. approach of yeah. God owes me an explanation. Yeah, whatever yeah. happens
1: to me, that's fine. It's I'm not God, and you are. And one of the interesting parts of this is the restoration. Mm-hmm. Finally, Job or God scolds. Uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. He, oh, s- he scolds so them. So God
0: has it the friends then. Okay, well, oh yeah, he,
1: s- he scolds them. And uh, he, he encourages Job to forgive them. And Job does. And then God restores Job. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't just restore him. He restores, restores him twofold. At the beginning of the book, Joel, Job had 7,000 sheep. After God restores him, he has 14,000 sheep. Mm. How many sheep does a man need? At the beginning, he had 3,000 camels. Now he's got 6,000 camels. How many camels would you like, Joel? I'm fine with one, but (laughs) 6,000. At the beginning, he had 500 oxen. At the end, 1,000 oxen. 500 donkeys, 1,000 donkeys.
0: That's a lot of donkeys. And then
1: at the end, he had the same amount of sons and daughters. I wonder if they were by the same wife, by the way. But his daughters and sons were killed at the beginning, and at the end he had seven sons and three daughters. Plus, he lived 140 years afterwards. So God restored
0: him you Would you say the—because some people who read the book of Job might treat God that way. Well, I know my life is horrible, but if I do what God says— then God's going to give me all all the things he took from me I'm going to get back. Would you say the point of the story is that Job got his family and possessions back?
1: No. The point of the story is Job comes to an understanding of who God is and who he is. Mm. It could end right there without any restoration, and Job would have been satisfied.
0: You could almost say that Job got God back.
1: Yeah. It's like his
0: understanding, his relationship. This was a bonus.
1: God said, I'm going to give you a bonus, Job.
0: Wow. Have some fine oxen. And cheap. What what are some concluding things you want us to understand from Job before we draw this to a close? Here is there any, anything you want to so for me? Uh, and I, I, I want I want the listener to know Terry is, is he's the the edgy elder is awesome. He's got, he's got all of his papers spread out on this table, and he's got all it's like a like a general with his battle plans. It's like I'm sitting in front of Douglas MacArthur here, and yeah, it's, it's great. You're just missing the the, the hat and the, the little corn cob pipe or something, but. You're, this is, we got, we got cups of coffee, and we've got all of his papers, and this is great. This is, this is the Terry that, that, that I had coffee with for 15 years and taught alongside in, in that small church, and I'm and such an honor. And Terry, what do you want all of us to understand from the book of Job as we land the plane? Two things. God is awesome. God is
1: providential. And we're nothing to write home about. Hmm. But because of the grace of God, we can look forward to everlasting life in his kingdom. We have hope. Yes, sir, absolutely. Is it, Joe? No matter how it is today. Hmm. Because, you know, I remember I was I, working in a nursing home ministry for many years with a friend of mine. And there, one of my favorite uh, people at the nursing home was Florence. Florence. Old timer, Florence. And we went there once a week for about seven years. uh, Didn't you have a nickname for her? Yeah, I called her Florence of Arabia. Wow. Anyway, she thought I was crazy, and I was. (laughs) But I made her laugh, and that's one of the reasons I went there. But one time she said to me, you know what? She said, I never thought I'd wind up here. Wow. And that struck me. And I tried to explain this to Florence. Florence, understand this. Here in this world, we don't wind up anywhere. We're heading to the new Jerusalem. That's where we'll wind up. Mm. We don't know where we're going to wind up in this earth. You know, some people uh, wind up early. Some people wind up late. Mm. But we who look to God wind up in the new Jerusalem.
0: We have that to look forward to, no matter where you are now. Because she was in a wheelchair, I'm assuming. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Probably, you know, her family probably didn't visit her as much, many times as she wanted. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I never thought I'd end up here. That's right. There's so And many I could understand that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's people all over the world who think, boy, I never thought I'd wind up here. But if you turn to Christ, don't worry about it.
0: I know that's easy to say. I don't mean to be flippant here. Well, it wasn't easy for Job to say. No, yeah, it wasn't. For, no. for him in the midst of all of his stuff to look that's towards right. a redeemer. Yeah. And to say, you know what? One day he's going he's gonna to live. He's going to stand upon the earth. That's right. You know, He's praying for an arbiter. And, and you know what? Him. He may not get that arbiter now, but one day he's going to have that redeemer. Absolutely. There, there, there's a hope there. And for those of us who struggle and we go through things, to be able to have that perspective that says, you know, God's in control. I like how you use the word providence. You know, God's using the ordinary events of life to accomplish his will. Yeah. We see that in the book of Esther as well. And, and here, Job, it's like whatever God had to tell him, we might look at that what God said. We might say, gosh, that's not enough for me. Boy, God, you, you owe him an explanation. But for Job, it was enough. Yeah. Just hearing what God had to say. Okay. you're Even right. before he got the extra sheep and oxen. That's right. I love Terry. The last verse and Job died an old man and full of days. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, so, wow. Anything else from Job or? I love that book. I love Job. What a guy. What a guy. So are, is there a sneak peek for next week? Maybe I know you've, you've no. had your, no, nothing at all. Okay. <laughs> well, this is great. I, I'm really glad that that we got to have this conversation. And Job is uh, obviously has meant a lot to you. It means a lot to a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there that don't know a lot about the Bible, but they've all heard of Job. And Job is like an entry point for like gripes and complaints. And, you know, Job gives us a good illustration. It's the same illustration uh, about life that David gives us in Psalm 13. Job is a lamenter. And uh, his friends were gossips. His friends talked about God. Job, you know, he was longing to talk to God. All he wanted to do was to lament and take his cause to God himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the kids today would call that being a Karen. I want to talk to the manager. And Job finally gets his opportunity to talk to God. But when he finally got that opportunity, he, he kept his mouth shut.
1: Yeah. And God
0: talked. And God had yeah. at him. He couldn't respond. What was he going to say? Like you said, God was too tall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, all right, well, this has been Masterclass Theology from the book of Job. Uh, I, with uh, big rev here with my dear friend, the edgy elder. Thank you, Joel. You increase me, my friend. Uh, you're the best, Jerry. <laughs> Have a great day and God bless. This has been Masterclass Theology. I pray you've been challenged and encouraged during today's episode. And I hope you'll continue to join us as we journey through the Bible. God bless.